glad that I have the opportunity just to be a part of this amazing series that we're getting into called Shark Week. Uh, and it's just, I don't know, it just excites me. Um, it, it's one of those things to where sharks are really fascinating, but they, they, sc- they scare the crap out of me. Um, because it's like they're fascinating, and then it's like you actually see one, and then it's like, ah! You know, I... You know, I, I still remember seeing Jaws at, like, a really young age, and it was probably one of those things I probably shouldn't watch at a really young age. But at the same time, you're just glued to it. Uh, I remember, I, I just, I, I saw this article. Um, there was this park in Texas, and they were showing Jaws on the big screen. And uh, people were watching Jaws on a body of water, uh, like in floats and rafts. And I'm like, heck to the no. Um <laughs> And I just start, and and this this gives you like a little example of just like how my brain functions. I started to think, man, I wonder if they like hire people to like just go underneath water and like during the movie just like grab your ankle, like ah, you know. I would totally love to have that job. I just thought I was like, God, if it's your will, you know, if I just like, you know, if you call me out of ministry, please take me to a place like that that I can do that. I don't know. That just shows you how demented I am. Um. In all seriousness, it's, you know, we're fascinated by sharks. It's that that fear, you fear them, but you're fascinated by them. You're intimidated by them, but you're intrigued by them as well. It's just the mystery of the sharks itself that just draws us to learn more about them. And this series that we've been getting into, it's called Shark Week, W-E-A-K, and it's to discover exactly what it takes to live free of fear and Unbound from uncertainty. Uh, here's the thing. Each and every single one of us, every single person deals with sharks. Each and every single one of us deals with sharks. It's not a question of if we will, it's when. When we will deal with sharks. Uh, and we got to know what uh, to look for uh, when those attacks are coming. And, and so through this series, we're going to be uh, learning and focusing on how that we can recognize the red flags, we can recognize the dangers, so we can uh, remove ourselves and the people that we care about before an attack happens. Uh, The truth is that there is an even bigger threat in life that we're going to face bigger than the sharks. And so I'm, I'm going to ask, as we go through uh, this talk today, there's going to be two things that we're going to be focusing on. And, and where we're going to be challenged uh, is ultimately going to be able to ask this question, are, are we shark smart? Uh, and we're going to be able to explain that a little bit more. But before we get into that question, I'm going to ask everybody, go ahead, open up your Bibles to Matthew uh, chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 18, so if you have your Bibles with you, you can open up to Matthew chapter 4. If you have your Bible apps, uh, you can go there as well. Uh, Also, uh, if you have the MyALC mobile app, uh, you can go on there. You can follow along with with, uh, some sermon notes uh, to go along with the message today as well. But we're going to jump right into God's Word. But before we do, let me just pray. Father, I just thank you again for who you are. God, thank you for this opportunity that we can come together. And Lord, I just pray that your power and your authority and your conviction just speaks today, your love speaks today, Father. Lord, that we can be challenged as we go through this series, as we go through this conversation, as we enter into your word. God, that we can open our hearts and open our minds, Lord, to what you have specifically for us today. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Here's what Matthew 4 says, 18, starting 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. 
They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Jesus said, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And at once they left their nets and followed him. In, in, in other translations, it says immediately they dropped their nets and followed him. Dropped their nets and followed him. You know, let me kind of focus a little bit on this word to follow. Uh, in our culture today, uh, we have this thing called social media. And where it puts a lot of emphasis on the amount of followers that you have. Uh, Twitter is all about how many followers do you have. Instagram, how many followers do you have. Facebook, uh, Snapchat, all, all these various uh, forms of social media. And, and I, I think a lot of times social media gives this... Um, false sense of confidence and false sense of identity because we, we, we like to see the number of followers that we have. We like to see the amount of likes that we have. You know, if we don't have a certain amount of likes on a certain selfie or a certain picture, then it, it either demoralizes us or it makes us feel bad about ourselves because, you know, not many people liked it and not many people are following us now and all these various things. So it really uh, affects our identity and, and, and our confidence uh, and and what, what, what I really feel that the issue is, is that we see these numbers, we see either large numbers of people following us, but at the same time, those followers aren't truly investing in who you are and who God has created us to be. And so when Jesus is using the, the, the statement, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, he's talking about truly, fanatically following him. Not a, a, a hollow Follow. It's a, a truly following his lifestyle, truly following his, the way that he processes and, and thinks and acts. It, it's a total attitude adjustment mentality and, and, and a heart conviction into truly following Jesus Christ. And so Jesus, he challenges these fanatical fishermen to follow him in a fanatical way. Listen, if... Um, if you ever read the book, uh, Not a Fan by Kevin Eidelman, or if you haven't, I would encourage you to read it. It's a great read. But if you have read it, you know, it really puts a lot of emphasis that Jesus isn't, um, he isn't really big and interested in fans. He, he, he wants to draw people that are going to truly invest and follow what does it mean to be like Christ. And so when he says to, these, to, Simon, uh, to Simon Peter and, and, and Andrew, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. What we have in this commandment is we have a, a glimpse of the very essence of why we were created. The very essence of why we were placed on this earth. You know, it's our density. Destiny. Back to the future fans. Anybody? Thank you. Okay. Whew. I was like, come on. I'm going to just throw this out there. Um, here's the thing. It's we, we were, if you've ever struggled with the, the, the greatest question of like, why was I created? Why was I put on this earth? I want you to look at a glimpse of this. God gives it to us right here through what Jesus says. Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Our purpose in life is to fish. Our purpose in life is to fish. Now, here's the thing. I love fishing. Uh, I love to eat fish. Uh, so I love everything around that. Um, and so when we're talking about to fish, we're not just talking about the action of fishing for fish or just fishing for fun. We're talking about something greater. 
And it's actually talking about the command of, of going and, and luring people to know the gospel. When we fish for men and women and young people and, and friends and family members and coworkers and people in our community, what we're doing is that we are casting out the net. We are casting out uh, the, the, the truth and the gospel of who Jesus is and the love that has been made available to you and I. We are casting that out for others to be lured in and to be hooked onto the gospel and so that they can experience radical life change and transformation. So when we talk about our purpose in life is to fish, our purpose in life is not just to know God personally, but it's to make him known. And we make him known by fishing. We make him known by fishing. If you've never fished before, it's very easy. All you have to do is just start. You just have to cast a net or you have to cast a line. It, all it does, it takes action behind us to begin to fish. It takes action to begin to cast. It takes action to begin to pray. It takes action to begin to invite and to invest so that people can get a hold of the love of Jesus Christ. Our purpose in life is to fish. When we're caught, Jesus says, hey, if you followed me, if you're truly a fanatical follower, you too will fish. Come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. If you are a believer and follower today, I want you to think for a moment of that moment that you got caught by the gospel. And you got lured into to the truth and that love of who he is and found your, your life in him. By giving your heart completely to Jesus. Who was it that, that, that cast that net for you? Was it a parent or a family member? Uh, what, what Was it a pastor? Was it a, a friend? You know, somebody that you may, maybe never met before uh, and they just spoke something in your life and you're so drawn to it and you never even saw them again. Think about that moment. Think about the transformation that happens from, you know, here I was before Gain, Lord, into the, the message of who Jesus is. And here is my life now because of it. Seeing that completely radical transformation that happened. There's a shift in our lives. When we look at fishing in a biblical aspect, fishing, it's a biblical sport. You know, if you, look, if you look, Jesus was living in Capernaum at the time, and Capernaum was, was a place that was near water. Jesus always uh, seemed to be around water a lot of times, and he would always rub his shoulders with other fishermen. Uh, and here's the neat thing. A lot of the disciples, the, the 12 disciples that followed Jesus, they started out as fishermen. Fishermen, they were visionary, they, they, they faced elements, uh, they were eternally optimistic. They fish. It was what they did. And Christ, he challenges you and I, he, he, he challenges us, us, you know, just like those fishermen, to follow him and to fish. To know him personally and to make him known. So here's the first thing I want us to understand. Our purpose in life is to fish. Now here's the thing. As we begin to fish, sharks are going to show up. 
sharks are going to show up. If we cast our nets in the ocean, if we draw a line, fit, uh, sharks are going to come. Now, I want to say this before I continue any further. This talk today, it's directed toward people who are a true, fanatical follower of Jesus Christ. This talk today isn't for the person that considers themselves religious. This talk isn't considered for the person that wears the label of being a Christian, uh, but lives a lifestyle that doesn't reflect him. This, this talk today isn't for the person that you know, does all the right things, but truly hasn't given their complete heart to him. This message is for those that say, you know, I have a personal relationship with God. I've given my whole heart to him. I've committed my whole life to him. And where he calls, I will follow. I want to, I want to be specifically clear on this conversation that we're having as, as we go through the series, exactly what, what this word is for and who this word is for. Matthew 7, 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who only does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Just because we speak the name of Jesus and just because we put on our social media, you know, oh, I thank God for this, and Jesus did this in my life, woo, you know, all these things, it doesn't necessarily mean that we are truly following him. And what is an example of that, once again, when we truly given our whole heart to him, we see a complete, radical 180 transformation. As in we are no longer the same as who we used to be. So if you're struggling today, well, where do I fall in that? Well, look at, look at your personal life. Is your life look very similar to how your life was before you accepted Christ? Or before you said that you began to follow him? Or does it look radically different? Because when you come and you encounter Jesus, our lives should look radically different. Amen? Amen. Jesus was very clear on this. Mark, uh, Mark 16, 24, whoever wants to be my disciple, as in whoever wants to be my true follower, they must deny themselves, pick up their cross, and follow me. There's no gray matter here. It's black and white to the point. You want to follow Jesus, here's what you got to do. I love other translations. It's more radical and more blunt. You have to die to yourself, your selfish ways, your wants, your desires. Pick up your cross and follow me. Follow my ways. Follow my will. And leave yours behind. We are going to fish as fanatical followers of Jesus Christ. And when we fish... Sharks are going to show up. Why are sharks going to show up? Because the blood of Jesus Christ is attractive. Think of it. Think about this for a moment. The blood of Jesus Christ, the blood that saved you and I, the blood that was shed on the cross so that we could be forgiven, the, the, the blood that was shed so that we could enter into a relationship with God the Father, and so as we begin to preach about the blood, as we begin about to teach about the blood, as we begin to live out in the blood of Jesus Christ, it's going to attract people. It's going to attract people that have never heard of God, people that don't have a relationship with him. It's going to attract them, but it's also going to attract the sharks. Blood 
when it's in the water, it's going to attract the sharks. When that happened, if you look, if you look at it in, in the gospel, if you look at um, Jesus' life, when the sharks showed up, what did Jesus do? As the sharks began to circle him, as they were getting ready to attack, what did Jesus do? He removed himself from the situation. Yes, there are times that he faced the sharks, but when it, the waters became so shark-infested, he had to remove himself from the situation. I, I, I love the story of Paul. You know, be, before Paul was Paul, he was Saul. And I think, man, if you want a, a prime example of what a shark looks like, look at the life of Saul. He was the one that was persecuting the church. He was the one that was having them stoned. He was the one that was, like, leading the persecution on the church. But then Saul had the conversion on Damascus Road. He encountered Jesus. He got lured in. And his life was forever changed and transformed. And he was no longer the same. He was now Paul. And he was the one that was now sharing the gospel. He was now casting the nets, fishing for men and women and young people and, and, and everyone to get lured in by the gospel. But there was even times himself, sharks started to circle. And they were getting ready to attack. What did he do? He removed himself. He left the city. Time and time again, we see people escaping from the sharks. And we're also seeing people facing the sharks. When you fish, sharks will show up. Not only will sharks show up, sharks can keep us from catching the kind of fish that we want to catch. Sharks can keep us from catching the kind of fish that we want to catch. You think of the, 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 the person that, that you're fishing that you want them to get a hold of this truth, to know their worth and to know their value and know their identity in Christ. But then the sharks come. The sharks come and they're getting ready to attack. We have to learn how to be so shark smart, to know when to place ourselves in the areas to fish and when to get ourselves out of the shark-infested waters. As we fish, as we become these fishermen and fisherwomen fishing for people, we have to put action into that statement of truly following God, we have, our lives have to have action in it, not just knowing God personally, but making him known. We have to begin to fish. But see, here's the thing. Sharks, as they show up, they're going to keep moving. If sharks just stay, they're going to die. Sharks sleep still. We learned that on Discovery Channel. Water just runs through their gills, but they're still ready to attack, and they're still constantly moving. And so as fishermen, we have to be aware. We have to constantly keep moving to where the fish are. We have to constantly keep casting our nets. We have to constantly keep seeking those because that is our purpose in life. Sharks are going to keep us from catching the fish that we want to. But one of the worst things that, that can happen to us as fishermen as living out our purpose, is that we're not fishing. 
We, we allow the sharks to, to scare us so much that we're not even fishing in the areas that the fish are. We're not even casting out our nets. And we're not living to the purpose of why we were placed on this earth. Because of the fear of what's going to happen. Are we shark smart? We have to be able to learn how to deal with the sharks that are going to come into our lives. We can't allow the fear of the sharks to stop us from even living out what we were put on this earth for. Because if there aren't sharks in the water, we're not fishing. Because the blood isn't there. We got to be able to fish and, and, and see people come and encounter life in him. If you start seeing sharks coming by you, it's because you're fishing. If you don't see the sharks, you're not. How are we going to deal with the sharks in our lives? Listen, there are going to be many types of sharks that we're going to face. Sometimes the, 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 the sharks that are in our lives are small sharks. We just look at it, it's like, oh, it's just a tiny shark. You know, it's, it's harmless. It's not going to do anything. Oh, baby shark, it's kind of cute. First, let me say this. There is nothing cute about a baby shark. It is ugly. <laughs> Have you seen that thing? Hideous. Just imagine just a miniature version. Ugly. Smaller ugly, but still ugly. I remember a time I was, I was uh, fishing with my dad and my grandfather in New Jersey, and we were on this boat, and we were fishing for flounder. And I thought I caught a flounder, and it ended up just being this tiny shark. I've never seen a baby shark before. You know, I, all I saw was jaws. So that's like what your envision of a shark is, is something monstrous and not in this world. And so when, when I pulled out this baby shark, I had to ask, like, what is it? And they had to tell me it was, like, baby shark. I was like, whoa, that's so cool. And they're like, do, do I eat it? Like, what do I do? And they're like, no, we'll just use it as bait. I was like, cool. So I went, I went to the back of the, the, um, the boat to watch the, the first mate to start uh, cutting the shark. And when he went to grab the shark, uh, the baby shark bit him. And, and after many, many... Um, uh, curse words and and other four-letter follies that I shall not repeat um, it, because I may lose my job. Um, he he literally took the shark by the tail and he was like whack, and I'm just standing there. I'm like, that is awesome. <laughs> because I thought that was cool. Like blood went everywhere and it's like it's dead. And I was like. It's like, should I go fish for more sharks? This is cool. Um, and and I, I, I share that because you think it's like we look at these small sharks and we think, oh, nothing's going to happen. They're harmless. Listen, the small sharks have the same qualities and the same characteristics as a big shark. It still has the fin. It still has the skin. It still has the teeth. And those small sharks grow to be big sharks one day. And if we just allow the small sharks just to swim around us thinking that it's no big deal, we're hurting ourselves in the long run because those small sharks grow up to be big sharks. And those small sharks can, can still harm us. 
Some of us, we think, well, I, I don't even know what the sharks are, look like. I don't even know what to look for. I don't, I don't see fins. I don't see the, 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 the dark shadow in the water. Some of you today are like, Mike, I have no idea what you mean by when you keep saying a shark. Because I'm thinking like an actual shark. And it's like, no. It's like, what do you mean? Here's are the, these are the different kinds of sharks that we're going to be facing in our lives. Because there's going to be tons of them that we're going to be seeing. And here's the thing. Some of us... When we start looking at these descriptions, you can begin to identify the sharks that are in your life. The first one is the bull shark. The bull shark, it's full of bull. Uh, you know, the, the, these are the sharks that they're, they're going to say, you know what, hey, I, I'm with you. You know, basically what they say, their actions speak otherwise. These are going to be the ones that say, you know what, I'm invested. You know, I, I, I'm a part of the body of Christ. I'm going to see it grow. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And then their actions tell you something else, and then you realize that everything that they just said was just complete BS. The bull sharks, full of bull. Then you have the lemon sharks. Some of you have these lemon sharks in your lives. They are the negative and sour sharks. They're the ones that are so pessimistic, oh, I don't like how they do that, or I, you know what, the music is too loud, or I don't like how that person, you know, speaks and communicates, or I don't like it when he talks because he just made this horrific scene of a shark dying, and I'm like all about, like, love for animals. <laughs> you know there's somebody over there. <laughs> and I, now I just scared you away, you're never coming back because I just made fun of you. I'm sorry. Forgive me. You have these sour sharks that they, they just focus on all the negative things and they complain and they whine and it does no good for your life. Then you have the nurse shark. It's the classic enabler. All the other sharks are in a feeding frenzy. You know, they're eating up that person or they're eating up that leader. And the nurse shark, they just stand there. And they don't do anything. They're just taking up space and they're taking up grace. And they just allow things to happen without jumping in. They recognize that the things are happening, but they do nothing about it. The nurse shark. Then you got the hammerhead. The hammerhead, they're the stubborn shark. They're the ones that are so unwilling to change because they believe that what they're doing is right. Because they're so stubborn that they're not willing to see the issues going on. They're like, you know what? I'm not going to change. I've done this thing how I've done it for this X amount of years. Why should I change now? What you're telling me to do, that's nice, good for you. But this is who I am, and I'm not going to change. The hammerheads. And then last but not least, you have the great whites. These are your prideful, egotistical sharks. The ones that need to be needed, that need the focus on themselves. They are the ones that everybody is seeing. Look at me. Look at what I am doing. And when the focus is not on them, boo-hoo-hoo, I'm not getting what I want, so I'm going to do whatever I have to to make it about me. Because it's all about what I want. It's all about what I need. That is the great white shark. And listen, the great whites, they're going to kill you. The nurse sharks, they can kill you. 
The bull sharks, the lemon sharks, the hammerheads, they can kill you. If we're not fishing, we're not able to identify the sharks around us. These sharks are existing around us. But if we're not fishing, we can't identify them. If we're not casting out our nets, if we're not living out our purpose of making God known, we will never be able to identify the sharks that are going to eventually attack. We need to be shark smart. Jude 1, 3 to 4 says this. Dear friends, I had been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share. But now I find that I must write about something else, urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches. These are the sharks that we're talking about. Saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago, for they have denied our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. There are sharks among us. And if we're not opening up our eyes and, and living to our purpose, we're just going to think that they're just other fish or, or that they're dolphins and they're harmless. How do you know if they're sharks? When the blood is in the water. How do you know if the sharks are there? Because sharks are cannibalistic. How do you know if the sharks are there? It's just by the way that they swim. It's the way that they live. It's the way that they talk. It's the way that they destroy the people around them. Are you swimming with sharks today? As you're fishing, as you're casting out the gospel and the love of Jesus Christ, are you facing sharks? Because here's the thing. If you are, good, because you're fishing. But if you're not, if you're not facing the sharks, then you're not fishing. And you're allowing that fear and that uncertainty to hold you back from why you from, from living out what you were created to do. I'm talking to believers today. Let's say if you're not a believer today, you probably already checked out this message. But if you're a fanatical follower of Jesus Christ, I want you to understand this. We have to be shark smart. We have to be fishing. Because if we're not fishing, if we're not shark smart, then we open up to the danger of becoming the shark ourselves. How do you become a shark? When you get over the grace of God and you begin to attack the work of God. You become the shark when you get over the grace of God and you begin to attack the work of God. You get over the blood of Jesus Christ. You, you get over the fact that I was once blind, but now I see. 
you get over the fact that I deserve hell, but I was saved by my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through God's undeserving mercy and grace. You get over it. If we're going to reach people, if we're going to reach our, our loved ones and our family members and the people in our community and the people in our world, we gotta fish. We gotta make God known. It's not just about knowing him, but it's making him known, but we also have to be shark smart so that we can identify the sharks in our lives, so that we can identify and recognize when we're in shark-infested waters and we need to pull ourselves out. Let's not allow ourselves to get to a place when we forget the grace of God and we begin to attack the work of God. I mean, abundant life, church, the body of Christ, being a follower of him should, all, should be about the thrill of knowing him and making him known. Church, we, 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 we need to be a dangerous church. We need to start seeing those sharks getting out. And listen, God's going to deal with the sharks. It's not our job to deal with the sharks. God's going to deal with the hearts of the sharks. Our purpose is to fish. But come on, church, let's be a dangerous church. Let's pursue him passionately and relentlessly, and let's make him known passionately and relentlessly. Come on, I, I want hell to tremble when we get together on weekends and we worship our God, when we give and devote our whole hearts to him, I want hell to tremble when our kids get together in, in, in kids' church and they jump and they dance and they shout and they scream the name of Jesus in the joy of the Lord. I want hell to tremble when our youth come together and our youth workers and our parents are coming together for our young people and that they're worshiping and they're fellowshipping in God Almighty and they're walking in that identity. They're walking in that truth. I want hell to tremble when our ministries come together, men's ministry and women's ministry and, 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 our, and our groups and, and our small groups and our classes. Hell will tremble. Hell will even tremble when we get out of our bed each and every single morning because we are so intent on making God known in our lives. We are so intent on knowing God personally. But well, we can't live in fear anymore. We can't allow the doubts and the complacency and the struggles to be the things that stop us from even living out our purpose. The enemy is going to attack. 1 Peter 5, 8, watch out, be alert. Your enemy, the devil, the shark, prowls like a roaring lion, prowls like a hungry great white shark seeking someone to devour. That's the enemy. He's coming to steal and to kill and destroy the fish that you and I are casting our nets for. We have to fish and we have to be shark smart. 
but most importantly, we have to live for the thrill of fishing. Because if we're not living for the thrill, then what are we doing? Have we, as a church, have we grown tired of the thrill of living out our purpose in life? Have we lost that excitement from that moment when we gave our heart to him? Or is the thrill and the passion and the love so, so hungry and so strong inside of us that it just overflows into our our households and our church and our community? church, we have to be able to ask ourselves these questions. Because if we're not, and we just settle, we're missing out on what God created us for. With every head bowed, every eye closed, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that God, creator of the universe, creator of life, loved us so passionately and so unconditionally that he gave the greatest gift and greatest sacrifice for us through his son, Jesus Christ, who shed his blood on the cross so that we could be saved. It's by nothing that we have done on our own. It's nothing that we can ever deserve. But yet you showed us love. You showed us grace and mercy and given us life, and you've given us purpose. God, I pray today that we get excited to know you more. But not just to know you more, but God, that we make you known into our world. God, give us the awareness for the places that we need to cast our nets to begin to fish so that people can get hooked on to your love, hooked on to the gospel and to know you personally so that they can begin to make you known. And God, give us the awareness to remove ourselves from shark-infested waters. Help us to become more shark-smart. God, may we never grow tired of the thrill of fishing. God, you do the catching. God, we just need to cast. Cast those nets. God, may we never grow tired of the thrill of the pull, the thrill of seeing someone caught by your mercy and by your grace, someone being attracted by the blood of Jesus Christ the thrill of someone being cleansed, the thrill of someone being saved and rescued and reconciled and restored. The thrill, the thrill, the thrill. And God, I just pray this right now. There are some of us in this room, God, we've become the shark because we've gotten over the grace of God that we've attacked your work. God, I pray that we just surrender our hearts to you right now. 
Holy Spirit, begin to work in our lives right now, if that is us. God, we thank you. We thank you for your love, and we thank you for this time. We pray all this in your great and mighty name. And everybody said, amen. I'm going to ask everybody, go ahead, stand to your feet. We're going to, we're going to finish the series next week. I, I, I encourage you uh, to be here. So Pastor John wraps it all up and brings it together. But church, let's just not know him and make him known inside these walls. Let's know him and make him known outside of these walls. Let's cast the nets. Let's go and live out the thrill of fishing and see people get hooked into the body of Christ. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.